everybody. Welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I am your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. If this is the first time you're coming in, thank you so much for taking the time out and spend with me. I appreciate you so much. And if this is your return visit, I just want to say welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time out yet again to come on and listen to what we, me, and sometimes a guest have to say on the Soulful Eclectic. Again, I just want to thank everyone who gave me some feedback. I appreciate you so much. Please keep it coming, keep it coming. And if you have not subscribed to the page, please go to www.thesoulfuleclectic.com and subscribe and uh, be a part of the Soul Tribe. We got a lot of things coming down the pike in the future, and I hope you'll want to be a part of it. So today we have a special guest. I have my friend I met during acting and, you know, being out in the industry modeling and we clicked and she has something great that I think will be amazing to share. Her name is Kathy Blaze Jefferson. Um, I know her best as Kathy Blaze because she's got this blazing personality that is totally amazing. Um, she is out of healthcare. She, like myself, she worked in healthcare. She did outpatient clinics. She's been manager. She's been in the corporate world. She, she's a constant advocate for women, uh, plus size women specifically. And she started the uh, foundation, or she's a founder of Blazing Curves and Blaze Image Consulting and Concierge Services. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and also talk about Miss Kathy Blaze and how she became her thought authentic self and how she presents her authentic self on a day-to-day basis. So with that, we're going to talk to Miss Kathy Blaze. All right. So, hey, Miss Blaze, how are you? Kathy, thank you so much for being a part of the Soulful Eclectic. I, you know, I, I can't even thank you enough. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Um, so, yeah. So tell me a little bit about you. Well, tell us all about yeah. you, right? <laughs> it's not just me. You know, that question is like, well, where do I start? <laughs> well, um, I'm going to start from the beginning. Thank you for um, inviting me to your show, <laughs> first of all. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. My name is Kathy Blaze Jefferson. I started off as a plus-size model, an actress, and I'm an entrepreneur. So, and most of all, my most treasured roles is I'm a mother. Okay. So um, I wear many hats and you know what? I can't say which hat I love the most because I love them all. I enjoy everything that I do in my life. I thank God for all that I'm blessed with, all the people I get to meet. And I, um, I would say I'm a community advocate. I work with plus size models um, for the advocacy of size discrimination. So I, um, that is a very, I'm very passionate about that. I've also started working with something, I'm, I'm starting a new project for um, the, uh, the um, disabled population. Oh, okay. Uh, my daughter um, is disabled, she has cerebral palsy. So she is my muse for that project. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to seeing that get started and see where it goes. I mean, because I, during this COVID, I've seen that there was a very big need for it. Yes. 
especially for parents with special needs children mm-hmm. and not having some of the support that they need. So I'm looking forward to working on this project. That's exciting. Um, I've I've always worked with special needs uh, population growing up in the medical field. Um, my first job as a medical assistant was working at the Center for Disabled in Albany, wow. New York. Yeah. Well, look at that. Um, that you know that was my first job. Um, I was a medical assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Once I got out of high school, went to college for a little bit, and um, really didn't want to do the college thing. So I said, I'm going to get out and I got certified as a medical assistant and I started off there and I really loved it. Yeah. And I realized that I enjoy helping people. Absolutely. And that was when medical assisting was two year degree, associate's degree, and you had to get certified. (laughs) Yes. It wasn't a nine month, you know, kind of course like it is nowadays, but, um, Yes, so definitely. Yes, I did start my career out as a medical assistant uh, and home health aide and all the way up to now working on my doctorate. So, Okay, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, I I am very familiar with the special needs population. They're always near and dear to my heart because that's where I started. (laughs) Yeah, yes. You know, when we call them special, that that word special, don't do them justice. (laughs) No. Because they are very special to your heart. Um, I I can't tell you I haven't met one person that I didn't love and they didn't touch you in some way. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, actually, the students, we have my students go into the um, ARC here in Chandler. Okay. And they do a day there with the, um, the special needs population there. And they, they seem to love it. And I'm, I'm so glad I get the chance to send the students out there because, they, you know, especially as nursing students, they don't understand uh-huh. the impact that they have on, you know, all individuals. Right, right. And and especially being a nurse and having patients that are disabled, whether they're adult from childhood to adult, um, everyone is uncomfortable working with them. Right. So they need that experience just as well as we need to make sure our community, our children are comfortable being around those people. I'm going to say those people. Right. Special needs people. Absolutely. So that's a good, I, I love that, that you're, they're going and do a, a round there with the special needs department. Absolutely. Because they usually don't, if they are lucky, they get blessed with the opportunity when they get their peds rotation in the hospital. But that's far and few between, and that rotation is very uh-huh. short. So I like to, it's, it was an honor to be able to start them off in the beginning because um, I'm their first you know, crack at nursing, God help them all. Oh. Um, but <laughs> they see me first. And I think um, I throw so much at them that I appreciate that they, this is something that they can take away and that they really enjoy and they take something from it. Because for some, this is the first interaction that they've ever had with special needs population. Right, right. And you know what? We can always see people like that. So imagine the other, the person with the disability, seeing that and feeling that, that this person um, don't feel comfortable around me. Right. They don't know how to act around me. So um, we definitely need, I mean, they're a part of our community, our 
and they need that same treatment, that same love and care that we give all other patients. Absolutely. Not to walk in there and be afraid of them. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I applaud you for stepping out there and, and creating and something that's been a void there. And as you being a parent, you, you, you felt it. You were, it, it was definitely something that impacted you. So, um, right, right. like you need, I, I tell you when my daughter was a baby, um, I remember her, or I think it was her two month appointment or first appointment. And we went to a new doc, the new doctor. And I just, and I'm a feeling type person. I go off the way people make me feel. And I felt like the doctor was just like withdrawn and cold, not treating a baby the way he should, would normally play with the baby and talk to the baby. But then I would hear him in the other rooms with the other peds and he was a totally different. So me being Catholic, you know, I had to tell him something. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? He, I don't think he really realized he was doing that. Mm. And um, from that day on, his his attitude changed with her. See. Now, I could have sit there and not said that and just went home and been mad and talking about the man, but I didn't do that. I let him know right then and there how I was feeling as a parent. Yeah. And that changed his interaction, and he saw her throughout all her peds and <laughs> um, her um, grade school years, and they were great. See? <laughs> she, didn't, look, she didn't want him touching her, but they were great. <laughs> They had an understanding. <laughs> no, that I, you know what? And that's wonderful. And that's, and that's one of the things that I, I tell the community when I go out and do uh, health and wellness education in the community, I said, you are your own advocate. If there is something that you do not like that your practitioner is doing, say something. Right. You have choices. Uh-huh. They're there for you. Yes. Yes. Right. You're not, you're not there for them. They're there for you. Exactly. So you need to say they're there to care for you. So you need to say something. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that and you say that because I, I, you know, that's one of the things I always say, you have to advocate for yourself, especially when you can't do it. Right. And as children, they can't do it. And that's the thing. They, this is a population that can't advocate for themselves Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So there needs to be someone that's truly there advocating them, advocating for them genuinely mm-hmm. for that page, for that person's benefit and, but not their benefit. Right. That's what they, yeah, that's a difference. It has to be for that client's or that patient's benefit. Absolutely. And I've seen it the, I've seen it the other way that it's not really for the client's benefit. So we've, yeah. we've seen it all, haven't we? <laughs> You know, I can't even say that because there, there always ends up being something else whenever I say I've seen it all. I, I can't even, oh. I don't even, I try not to say right. that anymore because then something else pops up. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, I know. Especially in the field that you work in, you're going to see so much. Oh, man. I work in, that was one thing I didn't mention. I worked in the healthcare industry oh, ooh, probably for over 15 years. Um, I started off in the... Um, uh, Maricopa County clinics. Mm-hmm. I went. I worked front office, um, uh, back office, um, billing. I did. A, um, um, what am I trying to say? Um, 
What are the new dogs coming in? Oh, what? The, the uh, new dogs that are coming in. Training. The residencies or precepting? Um, precepting um, the residents. I worked in residency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've done different... I, I ended corporate in information technology. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a big difference, right? Yeah. So I'm, I've seen it all in the healthcare industry. <laughs> medical records, I've seen it all. <laughs> Electronic medical records, paper medical records, I've seen it all. <laughs> but you know what? It's been a joy to see it all mm-hmm. because that's been able to help me to advocate for my family for my friends or for my clients or children, because I know that end of it, Mm -hmm. what should happen and what should not happen. So that's the benefit of me working in the healthcare industry. I work with doctors, nurses, psychiatrists, um, billing medical records, IT folks. I've worked with them also. I know the policies and procedures and I, so I know how to advocate for my clients. So for me to sit back and not do anything would be wrong. Yeah. And I know that someone's being treated wrong. They're not getting the services that they need. So that is what my new project is to help mothers, new mothers. We, we have a population. I'm going to say one of the populations that's near to my heart is our black females that have that are mm-hmm. have special needs children they may be single mothers mm-hmm. which we see a lot of single mothers that um have given birth to um special needs children yeah and a lot of them are young women mm-hmm. that don't know what to do and i remember that time when i had my daughter and you're feeling some kind of way like what did i do wrong and people are looking at you like, what did you do wrong? Yeah, because the first thing they think was that you were a drug abuser or you have you were alcohol abuser or things like that when they see special needs children. Right. And 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 then another thing, you don't feel like that, I want to say normal because mm-hmm. people don't treat you. They don't, oh, your baby's beautiful. Let me hold your... You can't do all that because a lot... Most times, my daughter was in the hospital. She was a preemie. She was in the hospital for two months. Mm. So I was at the hospital every day for two months. And I remember the nurses and doctors saying, you're such a wonderful mom. You're here every day. But I realized getting to know some of those moms when they did come, that a lot of them lived out in rural areas um, far away where they couldn't be there every day. Yeah. So I didn't judge them, right. but I was the mom on that ICU unit, right. on that NICU unit mm-hmm. with those babies that didn't have their moms there with them. When I went to see my babies, I check in on them and see how Aww. they were doing. So um, that's a problem. That's a population that that's near and dear to my heart is the young women that are single moms that are having babies that are um, disabled mm-hmm. and you know a lot of times you're lost you don't know what to do mm-hmm. the doctors get you this all these papers do this go to these appointments go see this doctor um, make sure the baby does this go for therapy physical speech uh, occupational therapy you're doing all this stuff you've mm-hmm. never heard some of those words before in your life uh-huh 
you may have, they may have had a social worker, a counselor, someone, nurse sit down and explain those things. But come on, a 21, 22, 25-year-old mom that's never even seen a special needs child in their family, yep. never been exposed to one, but now you have a little one maybe weighing two or three pounds yes. that you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel comfortable showing your friends, look at my baby, because it's not what you expected your baby to look. Because you know you always have them, yes. this is what my baby's going to look like. I'm going to name her um, Jennifer Marie, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you already have this thought of what you're going to, you plan the baby shower, but you didn't have a baby shower because the baby came early or mm-hmm. whatever. So everything didn't turn out the way you planned. So then you got, you're dealing with a little bit of depression there. Yes. And I'm speaking about myself because those are the things that I went through. It was a little bit of depression. I remember sitting there in my rocking chair and just thinking this wasn't what I had planned. Right. Who am I to plan it? Exactly. Right. My mother used to, oh, but my mother still says, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him what you plan. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely laughing at me. Mm-hmm. And I asked him plenty of times, why did, why did, what did I do wrong? Why did this happen? Look at this. Why did this happen to me? Right. Like, like something happened to me. I'm the one in the hospital uh, in this incubator being po- poked and prodded on like it happened to me. Right. I was more worried about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of these mothers, and you know, some, I'm not saying all single mothers, mothers, parents, that's what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And then mothers and fathers are looking at each other crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what you do wrong, what happened? Yes. We can't, we can't, well, how are we going to explain this to people? What happened to our baby? It becomes an image. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all about your that's image. That's what it is. It's an image. It's an image. I remember my daughter, when when she came home, my brother-in-law came over. And you know, people say things and they don't mean to be rude mm-hmm. or hurt your feelings, but they just say things. Um, her um, her um, arms are really stiff. So that's when she ended up having to go to occupational therapy and, and um, I remember she had her arm extended and he was like what is she pointing at mm. and you know I wanted to punch him <laughs> <laughs> I know right mom's defenses started <laughs> and that was my mode for a long time Def- I'm still in defense mode with mm-hmm. her mm-hmm I tell you, I am a Lord. I must. I'm. A, I think I scared a mess that the, this man at Target one day. I'm like, what the hell are you staring at? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ma'am, I wasn't looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> but we're always in defense mode because we think someone is looking or saying something. And um, did I lose you? I'm still here. I'm sorry. Oh, I was trying to okay. turn off the 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 um people calling me. Oh. <laughs> and I usually use the computer, so the phone oh, is what I'm using. Yes. So I was trying to figure it out, but yeah. never mind. <laughs> but you know what? 
people aren't always in that mode of wanting to be judgmental. Yes. They're just curious. They just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And because of our defensiveness being in our mode, we're making them feel uncomfortable. Right. Right. We're putting what we're feeling on other people Mm -hmm. because they don't understand that just like this is new to me. It was new to a lot of people also. Right. New to people in my family also. So these are the people that's near and dear to my heart when it comes to this project. I want them to know the services that are out there, not have to struggle to find out what services my child can get or to be able to to be with a case manager, they really don't care. Right. They're, they're working a job for six months. Because I can tell you, sometimes these these parents will go through so many case managers. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't really I don't say they don't really care. They don't have any skin in the game because they know they're gonna be leaving in a couple of months. Exactly. Exactly. So and it and. And the only person that it hurts is that family because you got to start all over reading the history again, which is annoying. And I'm thinking you don't, you don't, you got a folder there with two years worth of information. Why I got to repeat everything. Exactly. Why didn't you read it before you came in the room? You knew what your schedule and, and this is a pet peeve of mine as a medical practitioner. If I'm going to see a patient, I'm going to read their right. history before I walk in that room. And you should. Because one, I, I don't want to look like a fool, honestly. <laughs> so if it's right. if, if it's about right. me, then it's about me. I don't want to look like an idiot when you, you talk about a condition and, and I should have read it in your chart. Right, right. And, you know, also it makes the patient think you care. Yes. You cared enough to review my information. I'm sitting here. I don't feel good anyway, mm-hmm. but you want me to sit here and talk and tell you everything I just told the nurse a few minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, frustrating. So is it a nonprofit organization that you've created or are creating? Yes, it is. All right. Awesome. Yes, it is. And is it based out in Phoenix? It is. <laughs> it is. I call it. It's based in Phoenix, but I call it. It's a national organization. Oh, nice. Look, I. It, it's not just. I'm not a local girl. Honey. All right. All right. <laughs> we gonna go international with it. I love it. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this project. It's something that um I um started on something similar to it a couple of years ago, but then I started moving jumping all over the place doing some other things and mm-hmm. and and I was ready to get it going nice it, it it seemed like it was the perfect perfect time right yes it you know with the pandemic everything is I don't want to say slowed down but it kind of slowed down a little bit to make you regroup um and I think right. a lot of us took that time to 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 do that right to rebuild right. and and think about the needs that are out there in the community because now it has changed Yes, and the, the pandemic was one of the reasons that made me really think about that I need to get this because of the services changing for this population of people. And you know what? You can, okay, I'm, I'm using my daughter as an example, okay? 
we're going to the zoo next week. Mm -hmm. Every day. We're going to the zoo next week. We're still going to the zoo next week? Mm-hmm. We're going to the zoo next week. Okay, Sunday, we're not going to the zoo. We're still going to the zoo next week? Right. Change is hard. So to for a lot of this population that we're going to a day program or going to having a, a caretaker come into their homes to assist the mothers and fathers weren't having that anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a devastating change for them. It's not like we, we can understand, oh, okay, it's due to the pandemic. That's why they can't come in, blah, blah. A lot of these children, I mean, they don't understand that. Nope. They may be, speak only in one to two word utterances. Right. So you can't explain all that to them. Mm -hmm. So that showed me a lot. There's definitely a need there for this population show, so that if something like this happens, there is something available for them. We're prepared for them. Yes. And we weren't prepared for that with them. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No, I, and I I just witnessed it with the adult population, so I just know that with the younger population, no one was prepared for this at all. Right. You know, this was not right. something that they had a blueprint for, and maybe it's something that we should always think of, right? Because we never know. I'm I'm former military, so my thought is always, you know, they knock out a tower. How am I going to get this? And, you know, so I'm always on that forward thinking, uh -huh. you know, and my husband's the same way, you know, we have to think about okay. things. If we can't get to that, what are, what are our alternatives? Right, right, right. And, and I tell you as a special needs mom, it goes, thoughts of her never leaves my head one minute of the day. I mean, there's the thought of um, self-care needs, the thought of safety needs. I mean, can she she can't walk to the store by herself she can't cross the street by mm. herself she can't be left at home by herself um if a fire starts in the house i mean will she understand what to do i mean those are a lot of needs that things that goes through the parents head i mean if i'm not there and there's a caretaker are they going to be able to make sure that my child is safe yes oh can i send my child to the store with cousin and cousin's going to make sure she's holding her hand so she don't dart out in the street because the car is coming. I mean, those types of things. She's not going to put her hand on the stove. or right. I mean, those are the things that as a parent of a special needs child, you think about all day long. If they're out there with someone else, mm -hmm. are they caring for them the way you would care for them? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And I have a girl, and I tell you that thought. <laughs> of someone doing something to her in a way that had me on the channel, the news. Yes. You see my face yes. blared all over the news. We will gladly bring you commissary just so you know. Yeah, please okay? do. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, that's, those are the thoughts that goes through. I mean, and I'm sure other parents have a thought, but not to that capacity. Not to that capacity. Because um, most children can speak for themselves. Right. We are their voices. Right. We are their voices. We have to advocate for them. And, and and I tell you, those are some of the things that these parents don't know what they're, go they, what they're getting into. I mean, they're starting out with a young baby, but 
You got it's not when this child turns 18, I'm done with them. No. Because you're never you're not. Nope. And I think about it, if I was to kick the bucket today, who's gonna who do I trust to care for my daughter? Yeah. Those are real That's a hard one for me. Because I don't trust anybody. Those are real concerns. <laughs> no, and those are real concerns. It it you know, it it's you say that, but I really my mom I never left my children with my mother until they were able to talk for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's my mom with, mm-hmm. with my nieces and nephews. But it, it's just, it, it was just me, my brother to this day, his kids are 12 and 10. He, mm-hmm. the, they do not leave his side. They go to my mom's right. for a short period of time and then they come back home and my mom will babysit at his house. But it's just that protective instinct that we have as our children, right. even with our loved ones, our most cherished loved ones. Like we know our moms right. and dads, you know, we, we grown up with them. We know they're not going to do anything to our children, but we still have that. Yeah. Let me we just keep that, it with me. <laughs> we have that thought. I mean, for example, my daughter was at my, my mom's house the other day and my mom was cooking. My daughter was sitting in a kitchen and, um, I ran out to the store and I immediately called my mom and told her to make sure Brittany don't walk close to the stove. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, and, you know, I almost say it's sad that you have to be on that type of, I mean, watch at all times, but we do as special mm-hmm. needs parents, caregivers, mm-hmm. we have to be on that type of watch because we've heard too many stories where uh- children and adults, and adults. special needs adults have gotten hurt because someone wasn't paying attention. I just turned my back for two seconds. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes for them to walk there and touch the stove mm-hmm. or to bump into the stove with their walker or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. Yep. Yeah. My daughter was four years old and she kissed a hot light bulb at my friend's house. Oh. And my friend was so devastated. She's like, I, I literally just turned and went to get something and came back. I said, yeah, it, it doesn't take long. It sure doesn't. <laughs> if they no. have an idea in their head, and forget it. And they are so curious. <laughs> they are so curious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she didn't even realize she did it until she looked at her and she was talking funny when she was asking her for something to drink. Oh, wow. She's like, I was wondering why she was talking funny. And I looked down at her and her lips were all red and swollen. And I was Aww. like, oh, my God. Well, baby didn't cry. No, no. Oh, nope. She didn't cry well, at you all. Know, that, that seemed like that would have been what been my daughter because she had she had a pay a higher pain. She has a really high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never knew she was sick until she had this really high fever. Mm hmm. And, um, and it was either the fever and her eyes would start looking really dreamy. That's the only reason I would know she was sick because she never really cried much. Right. Until she, look, until she walked in the doctor's office and he wanted to stick right. those things in her ears. <laughs> <laughs> then the whole world is collapsing. <laughs> well, that, you know, how old is Brittany now? Brittany is 25 now. Oh, that's how my oldest daughter yeah. is. She's 25. Well, look, we yes. look, we look so good for have 25 year old children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, she's 25, but she's still my, 
my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Some, because some, some ways mentally she is still a five-year-old. Right. And that's, and, and that's why, I mean, she, she has to be cared for daily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And reminded of things to do. And so you have parents that they weren't, they didn't ask for that. They um they they they're still want to go out and party all day all night long. Mm-hmm. Still, still want to um thinking they can hang out with their friends, or whatever. They didn't ask to have a baby that they have to monitor twenty four hours a day. No, no. And 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 then I'm glad you are there Yes. Between suicide and death of the children, they mm. need that support system. They That's need. most definitely. Yeah. That's most definitely. And and you know what? Another issue I, I haven't heard in a while is that you, you would have, we had some times back then where that's when the uh, shaken baby syndrome. Yes, yes came about and a lot of them were special babies also because the, the baby may have cried a lot or mm-hmm. the mother I mean that mom is depressed mm-hmm. going through things this is a new experience and and that's what happened yep so there needs to be something really um, structured set up in place to give these parents the understanding of who this new person is in their life right? and how they're, how they're going to affect their life. Yes. How they're going to be a part. How are they going to make them a part of their family mm-hmm. so that they don't seem like this is an outsider. Yes. Um, we, we have to bring this person in and make room for them. Yes. We have to stop doing what we're to make them. So they're not like a burden. Yes. That's they're it. like that. They're that newborn that they dreamed of. It could because it can still be that newborn that they dreamed of, right? But we have to get the mindset right mm-hmm. and make it so that they understand all those key components of this baby. Educate, uh, make them understand the baby. Educate them on the baby. Yes, and not a one-time education, right? And say that again. Not a one-time education. Right, right. That's true. Here, here. One time that packaging go. Right. No, not that one time. And that's the thing. It can't be because mom is gonna go through different stages through this process, different emotions. Okay, baby's going through different things. Dad's probably going through different things. And oh, let's not forget other siblings. Yes. That's associated with this puzzle here. They're going through this too because they're noticing, oh, mom's not paying us much attention now because she's too busy. Well, little Susie over here and we can't even go to McDonald's and get our hamburger. Right. Okay. So we have to take that whole family unit and they need to be a part of that and understand that baby. Yes. This new angel that's being that's now a part of their family unit instead of making it seem like this is 
this little burden, burden mm-hmm. that's done been dropped, the stork done dropped that on our, dropped the wrong one on our porch. Mm-hmm. And that's, no, but you know what? I always say, God don't make no mistakes. Nope. And that's what I said is God blessed me. God trusted me to take care of her. Yeah. And that's the way we want parents to feel that God trusted you to take care of one of his most gushial mm-hmm. children. Okay, why would he? If he knew you were you were gonna hurt him or take care, not right. take care of him or not love him or her, why would he trust you with the baby? Exactly. Exactly. And that that's okay. That's but a, you know what, what? What we're talking about here has just talked me through a whole process of what I want in place mm-hmm. because I want this to be a family thing and not just a mom and a baby by the mom because it's not just about a mom and a baby. There's no. a, there's a dad there somewhere that most in some families there's going to be children there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even if they want, if grandparents are involved too. Yes. They can even come to some of the workshops or whatever because they may, like you mentioned, your mom started to watch your children. My mom started to watch my daughter after she got a certain age. I was thankful because I couldn't trust her with anybody else. Right. Okay. So I was blessed to have my mom to be able to care for her when I went back to work. But, you know, still I'll be on the phone calling. Yes. How's she doing? <laughs> You did you do this? <laughs> right. Remember I left the I bottle over here and this is over here and <laughs> right. So it, it it's really something it's not out there. It's something that's not there for for this population of people. No. And you know, it's really it, it, and you know what it is it's like it's almost people don't think about it. It's not important. We just do this little bit. I mean, it, it's just like when we're talking about the depression, the mental health part of it. We know how bad our mental health system yes. is. Yes. I mean, that. it's just that when it comes to stuff like that, we want to shove it in the background. We don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing and it ain't pretty and it don't make us no money. Right, right. That's what it is. You're right. So we want to push it. And that's another thing. As black community, black family, black units, we always hid stuff like that. Yes. yes. We don't talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we have to change I, that. I grew up, I lived with my, my grandmother when I was growing up. My uncle lived there with us. My uncle had mental health illness. We never talked about it. Mm-mm. It was just my uncle Danny. <laughs> Ours was Uncle Pete. (laughs) (laughs) He was the smartest man. Mm -hmm. He was a loving, big giant. But he had mental health issues. Mm -hmm. But we didn't talk about it. Nope. I don't even think I even remember hearing that word as a child, mental health. Mm -mm. He's going through some things. He needs to be by himself. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, he just by himself. He okay. Mm-hmm. Leave him, just leave him alone. Just, just leave him just alone. Leave him alone. That's what they would say. <laughs> Bring him something to eat. Just leave him alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do remember as a kid, 
going. And you know what? That always stuck in my head after I had my daughter. You know, you get these things and you think there was a sign from God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to get all godly on anybody right. here, but I'm just, there's just certain things that you think about that happened when you were a child and, and, and it flipped around as an adult. When I was a child, I remember myself and some friends visiting a friend's house. And um, the friend had a elder sibling that was disabled. Mm-hmm. And we were at the door talking and then the, the boy, I remember it being a boy, came out and talking in his language said something and it scared the heck out of me. Because mm. I didn't know, I wouldn't say know what he was, who he was, or what was going on. Because I had never been exposed to anyone like that. Right. We didn't see anyone in our neighborhood like that because they kept them in the house. Yes. And which is sad. They didn't come out and play with the normal no. children, children without disabilities. I don't even like saying normal no. children, children without disabilities. They kept them in the house. Yep. And sometimes you didn't that even know they had another child. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and I remember that feeling. I'm like, I was really afraid of that child back then mm-hmm. because I didn't know, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And that's why at this day and age, no child should ever be afraid of another child no. because of their disability. Exactly. Exactly. Not that is one thing that I love about my daughter, and I'm going to get off of her. <laughs> is, um, her teachers used to tell me that um, they would like take their outings, and she would always push the. There was a little boy that was in a um, that was wheelchair bound, and he would drool and. My daughter would wipe his mouth and she would push him. And I'm like, and y'all had nerve to let her push him. I know how she pushed a cart in the grocery store. <laughs> oh, y'all got a lot of faith. <laughs> but she was so caring. And that's what I see. Mm-hmm. If given the chance, we could see how caring they are. Yes. You see their heart. We don't give someone that's different a chance to show you their heart because we're so we're so withdrawn and afraid or or judgmental mm-hmm. so we don't give them a chance yeah yeah oh, I love that I, I love that I love the organization what's the name of the organization Kathy <laughs> it is called Raising Brit right oh I love it oh yeah. Yeah, my daughter's name is Brittany, so it's called Raising Brit. Oh, <laughs> oh, you'll make me cry. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Um, so how do how do families contact you, or are you at that stage now, or? I'm I'm not at that stage. I'm still working on. Um, I gotten all my paperwork in order. Um, I do. I have subliminally put a Facebook page up, but I haven't promoted <laughs> it or anything. Um, I do have a website, RaisingGrit.com. Okay. RaisingGrit.org, I'm sorry. Dot .org, okay. All right. Well, that's good. So once once it's up and running, we'll have you back on and we do all this kind of fun stuff to get you yes. get, get more um, action to it. And again, I, you know, it's just all about supporting one another and lifting each other. And by you doing something that's this great I, and it 
listen, I'm all on board. I'm anything that's for the kids, for health, for enriching the community. I am yes. always on board because that's something we yes. need, especially for the black and brown community. Oh, yes. You know, yes. and any way we can keep us all lifted and decrease infant mortality and of mom and baby that's that's what it's all about and that's part of it too right because we're losing Uh um our children that way as well so um definitely uh, let me know if there's anything i can do with that i am so happy for you and we will just keep that part going and um talk more about that once you got all the other pieces i know it's in its infancy right now yes. <laughs> like in the stages of development I'm so excited I mean you know I've been dying to pull, pull, um, pull something but my mentor is like don't do it yet oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, don't be like me. That just I, I just jump out and do stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. And, you know, that's how I started the podcast. I just threw it up there. I was like, it'll come. I'll keep going and we'll figure yes, it out. This is awesome. This yeah. is awesome. We need to see more podcasts like this. You keep this going because, you know, there's a lot of things that needs to be talked about. Yes, absolutely. And, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're I'm going to keep going for sure. Um, so yeah, so we'll definitely get more information and I'm going to include that in our, you know, notes so that as we go on, I mean, this is not going to be your first time and gone. You will definitely be back again. So, you know, we're not, we're not going for that, but, um, you're not leaving me yet unless you have time. to. No, I'm still, I'm good. All right. Awesome. As you all know, it does. Our conversations can go on and on and on, and I just love Kathy so much. She has become a big part of my uh, small circle that I have of of friends, and you know, um, when you find that soul that you can connect with and you can vibe with and your energy uh, works with, you hold on to those people, and Kathy um, Blaze Jefferson is definitely one of those people. And I just want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out for talking with us today, sharing us about Raising Brit. Uh, I can't wait to meet her. I'm sure she's an amazing young lady. And um, I look forward to many, many more projects that you have coming up because I know you have some some great things on the fly as well. Uh, speaking of such, you, you have the TV show, uh, not TV, talk show. I'm going to say TV show because I'm, I'm making a sitcom for you already and uh, putting you in the top of that sitcom. But you have the uh, talk show that you're doing, Desert Wood Days, um, which is on local BTV. And you guys can find that on the local BTV app. And she's on there. Um, gosh, what Wednesdays, I believe. Yes. Wednesdays. She's on there at 3 PM and at 7 PM on that, um, on BTV. So please chime in and stream with her. She's auditioning, not auditioning, but, um, talking with local talents and actresses, models, singers, and things of that such here in Arizona. And it's just great to know the talent and see the talent that lives in your backyard. So check her out as well on Desert Wood Days. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation with Miss Kathy Blaze because she is blazing 
through and I can't wait to see what's new coming through on her so thank you again I just want to share with everyone that you can find the podcast on Apple um, Podcasts, Google Play and Pandora Spotify as well as iHeartRadio and also you can log on to the website www.thesoulfuleclectic.com please subscribe if you have not done so already we're starting to put out newsletters and also we have a product line that's coming off of the soulful eclectic it's called divine nubian essentials uh, providing essential oil hair products skin products for um, our listeners and and future viewers to uh participate in and it's only going to be sold on the podcast website so if you haven't become a member yet please do so and also you can follow me on Facebook I am on Facebook DC the soulful eclectic as well as Instagram the dot soulful eclectic so you can find me there as well Uh, so I look forward to hearing from you I look forward to hearing your feedback and thank you so much for taking the time out to spend with me and if you haven't done so already please check in on your friends and family that you hold dear to your heart and make sure they're okay even if to say hi I just want to say hi to see how you doing Uh, you don't have to have a whole conversation because I know not everybody want to talk on the phone but at least drop them a line and say hello let them know that you or they are on your spirit So again, take care of yourself and each other, and I can't wait to see you in the future. We have a lot going on.